Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the podcast, brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine. Today, we're going to be talking about non-vegan fruit. Yes, that's a thing. Steps forward in animal welfare. We're going to be reviewing some interesting new supermarket launches, as always, and chatting to Generation Vegan about diversity and inclusion within the movement. Oh, I so need coffee today. How are you doing? It was Cherry's birthday this week, wasn't it? Instead of a birthday cake, I made him a Colin the Caterpillar vegan sausage roll. Oh, cute. I love that. It was horrendous. Like, it looked traumatizing. Oh, why? Because <laughs> his face was like melting. His eyes were like going. It looked like a deflated Thomas the Tank. <laughs> Though a savory cake, that is that is something I can get on board with. I. It didn't taste very nice. It was, I obviously, from my burger taste test, I had loads of burgers left over. So I was like, Whack some of that in, whack uh, some mints in, and it was just yeah a pile <laughs> of meat wrapped in pastry. Vegan meat, obviously. Vegan meat, obviously, <laughs> obviously. Um, but yeah, Colin, like a Halloween version of Colin or something. <laughs> a sad version, bless him. But oh, and yeah, we didn't even eat him because he just yeah didn't very taste taste very nice. So, oh bless you. I know. Are you having a good summer though? <laughs> Apart from that. Apart from that, how's your life? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Just making terrible caterpillar. Th- I don't know if we can call it a cake, pastries. Oh, I've had such a good summer. I've just mm. been loving it and, you know, just such nice weather. Um, You're off to Shambhala, aren't you? Oh my God, I am going tomorrow. When yes. this goes out, I will be on the coach. I'm so jealous how far is it from you then is it quite a trek I don't know (laughs) it's not north Northampton yeah where's Northampton oh my god you're terrible at geography I know where is it I don't need to know I'm not driving (laughs) did you get to Devon all right 
I didn't drive, but yeah, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it did take us five hours though. Um, oh my God, Devon was so nice. I need to talk about Devon for like a quick hot sec because oh my God, so nice. Oh, sea swimming, kids. sea swimming in the morning. Everyone needs to do it. I know everyone yeah. hasn't got a sea by them, but if you have got a sea by you, go and swim in it in the morning. Yeah, because... well, there's there's Lido's and there's like, yes. um, I think there's like, my friend goes, she lives just outside of Bristol and there's like a quarry. I mean, I'm not saying people should swim in like quarries because some of them are really unsafe, but there's mm. one that's sort of properly managed. And there's so many different places you can swim outdoors and it oh, it's yeah. so good for you, isn't it? It's such a buzz. Oh my God. I've really, really gotten into it this summer and now I'm like hooked. I want to get yeah. like sea shoes because my thing is when you're walking in like the sea or in the river or whatever barefoot and you feel something that you don't know what it is and then yeah. you, that's when you start to get freaked out that's when I start to get freaked out yeah say. I'm the same I'm the same yeah. it's like is it is it jellyfish or a crab is it a rat's or... tail <laughs> am I going to die is yeah <laughs> anyway so I need to get some shoes some sea shoes or river shoes whatever yeah. um and then I'm good to go but yeah. sea swimming and the sea in Devon oh my god it was so nice um apart from obviously the water or sewage people down there have started just emptying the sewages into the rivers which is no not nice it was disgusting but thankfully we the surrounding beaches were affected but our beach wasn't and it was like I was standing sort of in the in the sea up to my hips and I could see my feet like clear as day it was mad I've never been in the sea that clear it's yeah it's so clear down here as well and it was in Cornwall I love I love it when you can just see the bottom and it's like oh there's nothing there it's all fine yeah we <laughs> don't have so, to freak out yeah we did so much to me in Cornwall because it was obviously we had the heat wave but yeah it's so addictive isn't it you're like I want to do it again <laughs> I know I love it and it's so good for my skin as well the eczema yeah. really clears up after going in the sea for a bit um yeah obsessed yeah it's like the minerals isn't it in the salt yeah. water so you're off to Shambhala I was just looking up about it just surprised by its eco credentials it's meat and oh. fish free no mm-hmm. coca-cola or nestle on site incredible yeah, baby. I mean it's putting Glastonbury to shame I know it's it puts his money where his mouth is yeah no um only plant-based milk served for hot drinks only UK and European fruit and veg only fair trade tea coffee and drinks it's mm-hmm. yeah. no no plastic all of the if you want a hot drink you have to bring your own mug or like a yeah. reusable like coffee cup or whatever um yeah it's a, I'm really really excited this is my first time going um my boyfriend and his friends go all the time and it's just it's such a good low-key festival there's a river not a river sorry a lake um and like woodland areas everyone just kind of goes around in the afternoons and just kind of like has a little bit of a wander I'm so excited I can't yeah. wait so many good festivals now in the UK isn't there that you there's so to many to these ones with like all the big headline acts and stuff it's just there's so much more to it than just like music my mum went to a festival she came back this weekend from one actually and it was an 80s festival oh, again brilliant. I don't know where she, I don't know where she went um but it was like Frankie goes to Hollywood um was headlining and who else was headlining the actual Frankie goes to Hollywood yeah Holly Johnson 
Holly Johnson. <laughs> oh my god, yes, because now it's it's I clicked it because my mom was like, Holly Johnson's there. It's like, no, she's not. <laughs> yeah, I did a I did a quick uh, guest appearance, Molly, trying to spread the word of veganism whilst I <laughs> <laughs> That's I was like, well, she didn't tell me that. So <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so Holly Johnson's there. Um, Brilliant. and some other 80s people that I'm not too sure of. Something awesome. called Ch- Chesney. Don't know who Chesney is. Chesney Hawks. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, he was big in the uh, in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So funny, but yeah, she's just come back from there. But as you say, there's just so many sort of like underground ones that you don't have to be going to festivals that are like hundred thousand people deep. You know? Yeah. I um I ran just a quick random story. Um, when I was at Camp Festival, I lost everyone and my phone, my battery died on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I was with my son right at the front for like um can't remember who it was now, um, but it's rude someone and then rudimental. And it slowly got dark and we were like, we'll just stay here and keep dancing. And I was <laughs> next to this guy who was wearing this like red top hat. Um, and his little girls were dressed up in like sort of um, braces, like sort of circus, you know, Love like a that. circus theme. They were so cute. And I ended up because he ha- he was on his own with the two girls, I ended up sort of like giving them, um, putting them on my shoulders and stuff. And we were all dancing. <laughs> it's brilliant. Anyway, we're now following each other on Instagram. And he is literally goes to all the festivals. He's been to um, Boomtown. He's been to like. He's going to Shambhala, so oh, I said I'll, I'll tell you to look out. out. Yeah, look out for his red top hat. And um, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a cowgirl all weekend. I can't wait. Are you? Oh. Oh, I love the fancy dress. I know. I'm. I'm all out. I've really, really gone out this year. So yeah, cowgirl for one day. Another day, it's like game themes. So I was a little bit confused, but I'm going as Queen of Diamonds from the cards. Oh, got it. Okay, brilliant. Um, and then the other days, yeah, I'm just wearing my normal clothes. I can't yeah. wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, if anyone's going to Shambhala, make sure you um, hunt out Molly and say hello. Maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> just wear your big dark sunglasses. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> um well should we just chat about some of the topical um vegan stories in the news at the moment because this uh this tesco fruit story is kind of blown up Mm. a bit hasn't it Um, varying headlines obviously you can read about it on the vegan food living uh website but um yeah the guardian why is it always vegans up in arms vegans irate i know know, it winds me up so much it's like you know as if we're this bunch of sort of I don't know, just getting upset over silly things, you know? It's, like, so frustrating. I think this story in particular, though, it makes its rounds every year for some reason. I don't know why, but, I mean, as people know, well, some people may not know, but wax, it's predominantly waxed fruit, isn't it, that's covered in shellac, which is made from um, it's the excretion of a lac bug. Yeah, which um, essentially these lac bugs crawl on bark or whatever, and then they excrete this serum, whatever, and then they shave it off, and then that becomes the shellac, and then they wax, um, cover it the fruit with it, and it sort of prevents it from going off um, or longer's the life of it, um, and it makes it shiny, whatever. Yeah. Um, but this isn't anything new. Like people know about this, and interestingly, when we shared the story on um, our socials. A lot of vegans were like, this isn't anything new. Like, this is old news. People know about this. So it, I kind of feel like it's one of those stories that maybe um, 
like anti-vegan headliners or whatever they kind of pull it out once in a while to be like stirring it up again sort of creating this anti-vegan voice um maybe yeah. yeah maybe that's what it is but I think a lot of you know if you're new to veganism you'd never think that like your citrus fruits would be covered in something that's you know come from an animal or, or an insect yeah, exactly. but why like why yeah. it's just you know it I understand maybe the sort of to increase the shelf life of it and if it's transported or whatever like I do maybe understand that but if it's just for um cosmetic reasons to make it yeah. look shinier that's just stupid yeah and there must be other products that they can use I mean in this day and age there's so many alternatives I know well Tesco have come out and said haven't they that they are looking for a new alternative but again I don't know if this is something because I have definitely seen this story before last year and um it was the first time I saw it last year and um my colleague said to me he's like they pull this out every other year like this this isn't anything new it's just sort of as you say something to just kind of hype up on this kind of anti-vegan voice um which is yeah annoying I'm so over this whole anti-vegan business I mean we've moved on haven't we you know we're we're like literally the planet is like on fire yeah why do you care what we like (laughs) why are you like nitpicking it like you're not going to have anything to nitpick if we <laughs> don't bloody keep going on about it. And we're not even going on. You're the one that's bringing this stuff up, you know? Yeah. It's like this whole like snowflake movement where it's just like, mm, actually, maybe we're not the snowflakes. You're the one getting yeah. irate about things that just don't actually matter. <laughs> well, the other story, which is really good, is Italy's banning the killing of male chicks. Yes. Because um, at the moment, it's between 25 and 40 million male chicks oh are God. killed in Italy alone. Um, oh and they're, they're killed within the first 24 hours after being born. And they're not like sort of stunned or anything. They're just kind of ground up or gassed, I think. So mm. hideous, absolutely hideous. But they're going to invest in um, sort of sexing technology, aren't they? So that they, you know, so that they can make sure that all the um the chicks are female i mean obviously not great ideally they wouldn't be kind of breeding animals to lay eggs yeah. for people you know at all but at least it's a step forward and i think you know we just all need to follow suit don't we i just i i've not really read this story um i think it came out over the weekend on their website so i've not had a chance to look at it but a similar thing happens with dairy um, in the dairy industry with male cows, doesn't it? Um, I think they are killed quite quickly or, uh, yeah, I think they're just killed. It's it's heartbreaking. I mean, yeah, they, they take them away pretty swiftly from their mothers because, mm. you know, the mums, they like are obviously taken off to be milked for humans. Yeah. It's just tragic. And the cows cry for days for their, their babies. And yeah, often yeah. they're taken either transported for veal or, or killed. And it's just, yeah. yeah, it's just hideous. And, you know, a lot of people I think don't still don't realize that about dairy, do they? Let's move on to our reviews for this week. So squeaky bean flatbreads. Um, I thought these were pasties, but they're not, they're flatbreads. And um, they are bloody yummy. They're two pound at Tesco's. And there's a um, spicy madras chicken in inverted commas, and then there's a Jamaican mm. jerk chicken. Um, the I think the spicy madras was my favourite. So 
Moorish. I was like, I don't think I've tried these. Yeah, I know you didn't get sent them. I'm sorry about that. It's all right. I just see who the favorite podcaster is. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I did chase them for you, but get down to Tesco, Molly, and try them because they are really super yummy. Are they sort of like patty kind of things? Have you ever had like a Jamaican patty? Yes, they're a bit like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, delicious. Mm, yummy. And then we also tried um, a, a range from uh, called Pimp My Salad, which mm. I love. I think their taglines play with your food. And I think it's such a good thing for um, when you're vegan because you do need to sort of enhance things, don't you? Like a salad yeah. can be the most boring thing on earth or it can be the most delicious, like just to have so many things in it. Like this mm. week I've been... I cooked up some quinoa on Monday and like a whole load. And I've been having that with like, I made some um, black bean meatballs and Ooh. like slaw and radish, you know, I just made like a, a load of stuff. And then all I week I've that. been sort of mix and matching the, the salad mm-hmm. ingredients. Um, That's the best thing about a salad though. It's just like having the extra things that like you yeah. have the base like your leaves and then sort of selective vegetables or whatever, but then it's just like the added extras that you put in with it that just takes it to the next level. And I love it. I love salads. I hate that people don't like salads. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if you don't like salad, then you you kind of haven't had a proper salad, have you? Because it's just... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And they do do coconut bacon, Mm. cashew palm cheese and activated super seed sprinkles and these are available at holland and barrett ocado vegan kind of supermarket and they're about four pound a pack um when i first went vegan i was obsessed with making coconut bacon i've never tried it before yeah so you get the um what they're called like this coconut flakes like the i think so they kind of look like little yeah coconut chips they kind of look like little half moon things don't they yeah so you just marinate them in like um something smoky which could be like smoked paprika or liquid smoke or something Mm. and then some tamari or soy sauce and I think maybe some like um agave or maple syrup and then you just whack them in the oven keep an eye on them Mm. because they will burn but they just crisp up and I was like amazed at this well I was just like I couldn't stop (laughs) making it I think everyone in my family was like oh more coconut bacon Holly I'm like yeah but isn't it cool (laughs) it is so cool I love that when you find something that you can make it with just like such not rogue ingredients but just ingredients that you wouldn't think would make something like that similar to like rice paper bacon I love that because that goes super super crispy but this coconut bacon was yeah, it was it was good. I liked it. I've started putting it whenever ever I have avocado on toast. Um, I sprinkle some of that on there. A little bit of hot sauce, so good. That sounds lovely. Yeah, I didn't think to do that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you could put it in a sandwich, couldn't you? Like do a sort of a BLT with it. Or um, yeah, just stick it on a salad with perhaps, what goes well with bacon? Something sort of... I always think avocado, bacon avocado, yeah. delicious. Yeah, you're right, I guess, or some like cheese or something. Mm. The, the super seed sprinkles are good because they're like quite chunky. So they add a yes, nice I crunch. I like those. They were kind of like really, really small ones that get stuck in your teeth. Yeah, yeah, they are annoying. <laughs> as much as I love seeds. Yeah, I'm a bit obsessed with putting seeds on everything. If it doesn't have any crunch to it, I'm, I can't eat it What's the point? <laughs> yeah, what is the point? I'm like that with pasta now. It has to have, although... I tried to have pine nuts, but pine nuts are so expensive. So I have sunflower oh seeds. Oh God, we bought them the other day for a recipe. I was doing a um, Riverford recipe because I had like five courgettes again to use up. 
So I did this Riverford recipe with like uh, butter beans and um, like a really nice dressing. It's on their website mm. um, and pine nuts. But yeah, the pack was like five quid. Aldi, go to Aldi to get them. Yeah. I think they're just under two pounds for a, quite a big bag. Oh, that's good. God, that's yeah. a real difference. I know because they are so expensive. Yeah. Um, the ones in Tesco, as you say, they're like five pounds. Yeah. And the, the bag isn't that big. It's sort of the... Um, really thin sort of like Ziploc plastic bag isn't it yeah yeah I guess I wonder how much it would be to get them at um, like your local health food shop I'll have to do like a price comparison price comparison yeah anyway the other thing we tried was hip chocolate which is like um, h-i-p but the i's um, an exclamation mark an exclamation mark <laughs> it's very hard to type yeah <laughs> yeah it's like whoa it's upside down yeah this my is brain like a, this is a range of oat milk chocolate and um, they've got some really yummy new flavours. They're two ninety nine mm. at Holland and Barrett. They've got a white chocolate berry crunch. Love that. Which is super, super sweet. But if that's your thing, you'll love it. Um, and they've got a pretzel one, which I Oh my God, gonna... I was, the pretzel one is my favourite. I know, I was very excited about so that. So good. Yeah. And also the chocolate wasn't like, it wasn't too sweet. I know the white chocolate was sweet, but the other ones, they weren't that bad. But they, they were almost kind of more dark than milk chocolate, yeah. which yeah, I loved. Definitely. Yeah. I've decided I don't really like milk chocolate anymore. Oh, I had some Tony's the other day, <gasps> the sea salt and almond one. Oh. <sighs> That's dark chocolate though, isn't it? Yeah, that's dark chocolate. That is my absolute favourite chocolate. And yeah. Ben and Jerry's. Mm, teamed, I've seen this. Yeah, Ben and Jerry's have teamed up with Tony's. So I've requested the vegan version and I'm hoping it's that sea salt and, and almond one because that would just be it's incredible. only the it's only one ice cream that's vegan. The rest is dairy. I know. The, cho- the chocolate the- bars aren't vegan. No, I know. Oh, sorry, I thought that's what you meant. Oh, so it'll have to be that flavour, won't it? In yeah, Ben and Jerry's. So. Yeah. I think so. Mm, but anyway, yeah, love that. Delicious. I can't wait. Um, I've got to stop licking my lips. People, <laughs> a few friends have said, you're always licking, you're always licking your lips. What? Put your tongue <laughs> hanging out. I'm like, oh, God. Do they yeah. mean on the podcast? Or no, I think just, just in, in general in, in life. And I'm like, now I'm really conscious of it that I'm always. Oh, sort of... no. Keep your tongue out, babes. <laughs> you do you. You keep that tongue out. You know, when you just, I don't know why I do it, but it's a thing now. So, yeah, I need to, <laughs> I need to keep an eye on that. <laughs> oh, man. I am. Do you know what? I'm so um, over the school summer holidays now. Oh, do you know what? I'm so happy I don't have kids. I'm so happy I don't have kids. So happy I do not have children. Oh, what what do you do with them? What do you do with them for six weeks? Well, um, <laughs> what have you been taking camping? Basically, yeah. I mean, we we went camping. I um I try and do something a day. So um myself and a friend kind of do swapsies. So she will have them for a few hours and then I'll have them the next day and they'll just play here. You know, they're, they're like 10, 12 now, um, the boys, so they can go down to the park on their own and stuff. So Mm. it's not too bad, but it's just making sure he gets off his gaming, you know, regular intervals. Um, yeah, tonight we're going to like go bowling after work and just stuff like that. But He's decided he's, you know, he really wants to go for it with being a YouTuber. 
like every other child on the planet and um it's just constant like and he's doing all this stop motion and then uploading it to youtube so he keeps taking my phone and i'm like Ugh. oh god <laughs> literally takes you back to my little brother yeah my mom, my mom would never have her own phone like it would just be in my yeah. brother's hands i know and they deliver it back all sticky and like, literally up uh, yeah literally like on you know zero battery and you're like oh cheers then okay thank you so, yeah, the fingerprints, um, <laughs> the finger marks all over the screen. Yes, oh, God, yes. if that's not if that's not a contraception advert, I don't know what is. <laughs> I, <love laughs> I know. So I'm like, even though I really desperately don't want summer to be over, I'm kind of like, how many days left until school? <laughs> September. September is a lovely month, though. It is. It is. And October now these days. Yeah. Global warming, baby. So, yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's pretty mild up until Christmas. It's, it's after that that it all sort of turns to shit in terms of the yeah. weather, isn't it? But anyway, um, well, I hope you have an amazing time at Shambhala. <gasps> Thank you so much. And I'm so excited. I can't wait to like just being a field and being I know. Feral. Yeah. Send me some pictures. I want to see your outfits. I will. Um, as always, don't forget to like and subscribe and also send us your opinions. What do you think of the podcast? Is there anything you'd like to see new? We're going to be making some changes, mixing things up a bit. Obviously, we've got lots of exciting events coming up like November, although we don't want to think about that. It's well, vegan month and we've got Christmas yes. and January. So we're going to be, um, yeah, just just uh, switching things up a bit. You can email us simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk. Next up, I'm speaking to Kate Fowler from Generation Vegan, formerly Million Dollar Vegan. And we're talking about diversity in the vegan community. Such a good chat. I can't wait to listen to it. It's definitely an important topic that I think we all need to be, um, you know, bringing to the conversation a lot more. Completely. I think it's one that's often sort of forgotten about and not, as you say, brought to light. So, yeah, can't wait to listen. Hey, Molly, how does eight free vegan craft beers sound? It sounds like music to my ears, but I also feel like you're pranking me. <laughs> I'm not, I promise. So this is what the world's most popular craft beer club, Beer 52, are offering. Okay, I'm listening. Tell me more. Well, all you have to do is go to beer52, that's the number 52.com forward slash vegan food and cover five ninety five for postage. This sounds all too good, Holly. What's the catch? Come on, you're having me on. <laughs> there isn't one, I promise. Basically, they source the best vegan craft beers from around the world and then they send them to their club members along with vegan snacks, yum, mm-hmm. and a magazine all about beer. There's no Love catch. That. There's no minimum commitment and you can cancel or pause at any time. Okay, I'm in. Sign me up, baby. Shall we try some? Shall we try some? My can's already open. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Which ones have you tried? I'm loving all of these colourful packagings. Me too. They're so colourful. Um, I've got a pineapple one. It's really refreshing. I just love fruity beers. How about you? Mine's a citrusy IPA. It's like summer in a can, maybe. So much nicer than these bland beers you often get in supermarkets. Mm. Cheers, my love. Delicious. Cheers. Don't forget that's beer52.com forward slash vegan food to claim your free case. Stick around for this week's interview with Generation Vegan talking about diversity and inclusion in the vegan movement. Kate, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. I'm really excited to chat to you. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? 
So you're part of Generation Vegan, which was formerly Million Dollar Vegan, which we'll um, get to in a minute. But I'm really excited to talk about representation and diversity in the vegan community. I think it's such an important conversation and often one that we're not actually really having. I think people are often afraid to speak up, aren't they? Um, So, yeah, it'll be good to kind of get into that in a moment. But let's start with talking about. So how was Million Dollar Vegan founded and what what was it all about? Well, we were never really an organisation. We were launched as a flash campaign and it was a bold and audacious campaign um, to offer the Pope a million dollars for charity if he'd go vegan for Lent. And it wasn't kind of plucked out of the air. You know, Pope Francis had taken his name Francis because of the connection of being an animal lover. Uh, He talked a lot about climate change, about our duty and our responsibility to the earth. And so he was saying all the right things, but he was eating all the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And so we thought we could potentially get him to address this. And if he did address it, then the the Catholic population around the world is immense. And that's a billion people, I think, something like that. So it would be huge. But at the same time, we kind of knew he probably wouldn't take this challenge. But we could still use that to uh, get headlines around the world. And even just three years ago when we launched it, people weren't really talking about climate change in connection to our diet. And so what we wanted to do is make that connection. So people maybe for the first time thought, actually, there is something I can do for about climate change. So I think we all feel disempowered at times um, and I can do it right now and I can do it three times a day. And it's quite easy um, for lots of people, not everybody. Um, and so we wanted to really have that conversation. And we did that. We, um, we got, I think, about a thousand headlines around the world and we were starting that conversation. And we did get close with Pope Francis. We got to the Vatican. We met with his right-hand man. We got the Pope's blessing. What we didn't get was a vegan Pope. <laughs> yeah. It's so annoying. I mean, why? Because it wasn't asking him to go vegan forever, was it? It was only a short time. Why would he not do it? He didn't say. He didn't say that he didn't do it. He didn't say that he did do it. And he right. didn't claim the money. Um, it's interesting. Just recently, he came out and really uh, encouraged the younger generation to reduce their meat consumption for the, for the planet. He is aware of these issues, but, you know, I think like lots of people who are aware, they don't always walk the walk, you know, they, it, it can be frustrating, but, you know, there's lots of barriers to going vegan and a lot of them are psychological. A lot of them are fear of failure or fear over loss of identity or loss of culture or loss of tradition um, and lots more. Uh, so I don't know why he didn't, he never explained himself to us. That's, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. Perhaps worrying about sort of upsetting people and alienating himself and people, yeah. I guess. It's it's very frustrating, isn't it? Um, did you it was also Donald Trump, wasn't it, that you Oh, we never say his name out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like Voldemort. If you say it, he only gets stronger. <laughs> we we did challenge the former president uh to go vegan for a month for January, um, as part of a Make America Healthy Again campaign. And so we'd done so well with the first campaign that we weren't really expected to continue. It was a once-only deal sort of thing. and um, But it went so well, we thought we'd have another roll of that dice. And so we did challenge uh, the former president. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it, it was obviously more America-focused. And what we really wanted to do with that campaign was reach a different demographic again. So obviously it's not quite easy to reach people who are already into issues about planet health and uh, personal health and uh, animal welfare and animal rights and so on. It's much harder to reach people who are not really plugged into those kinds of conversations. 
So we really focused on the more Republicans uh, in America. We focused on blue collar workers, on military, on veterans, on people who might not be seen as typically vegan. And we got lots of people to tell their stories, lots of guys predominantly who've been former hunters or who worked on railroads or who did different kind of manual work or military work. And they told their stories about how they'd gone vegan. And so we really wanted to open up that conversation. And so we felt it was successful. We didn't get a response from the Trump, um, <laughs> Donald, the Trump, whichever. Uh, but what we did do is find out later, I don't know if you remember, there was a little follow-up ripple where his chief of staff wrote a book and it came out last year. And in it, she wrote that she had asked the president to do this challenge. And he said, I can't say his everything he said, but he said he wouldn't do it because he couldn't afford to lose a brain cell. Otherwise, the country would be ruined. Um <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious in a thousand different ways. But uh, yeah, but still we made those headlines, which was what we wanted, I suppose, to get conversations around health and to break down some of that masculinity issue around around veganism. But um, guys don't do it, which, of course, is not true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can uh, I can imagine he's quite heavily funded by the meat and dairy industry. So <laughs> he probably wouldn't yeah. want to go down that road, <laughs> would he? Um, so Generation Vegan. So why have you kind of rebranded? I mean, I I love the logo, by the way. I was watching the little launch video and people are getting the logo tattooed. And I was thinking, oh, I've not got a tattoo. And I, I actually really like it. <laughs> Shall I get it done? <laughs> Definitely. Do it, do it, do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we really feel that Generation Vegan is a lot more inclusive. So we, we feel that it's, it's almost in public ownership that anybody who believes in a kinder world, a better world, a healthier, safer more compassionate, more just, more equal world is part of this generation. It's not an age thing. It's not a demographic thing. It's everybody who believes in something better is part of it. Mm. You don't have to be a perfect vegan. You don't have to be perfect anything. I mean, there is no perfect vegan. Um, it's just something that's a lot more inclusive. So get the tattoo. We'll definitely endorse that. <laughs> but it came out of um, it came out of lockdown, really. It came out of the pandemic where we were all set up to do a third million dollar campaign. And we've sort of got ideas in the pot and we were working on it. And obviously these things are, are pretty big. I mean, these global campaigns take a long time. And so we were working on it and then COVID came along and it felt really wrong to be offering somebody who's obviously already got money, a million dollars when people were losing their jobs, were struggling mm-hmm. to put food on the table. It just wasn't the right time and it wasn't the right way to go about things. And so we decided to do what we could do to support people, which was to engage in food justice and food solidarity work. And, and that kind of changed everything for us because we stopped telling people what we thought and what we knew about the world. And we started sharing food and breaking bread with people and talking to them and hearing their perspectives. And it was really humbling. And it was shocked us that we hadn't done it sooner. But I guess yeah. that's not what we were set up to do. Um, and so we started to change at that point, really. We started to understand more from different communities of their struggles, of their work within their own communities to uh, become empowered to fight injustices and oppressions and so it all started to kind of fall into place um and at the same time I think George Floyd uprisings were happening and obviously like many people we felt probably that we should have been having these conversations sooner but like you said you don't always know how to begin them and you don't want to get it wrong and so yeah. sometimes you, you don't do anything instead of trying to do something so these things all sort of came together and we, we started to change just organically, really. And we knew by the end of the pandemic, when we'd shared a million meals around the world with lots of different communities, we knew that we had changed, that we were going to be different going forward. So 
Generation Vegan was was born out of that, really. I love that story. I think, you know, food connects us all, doesn't it? You know, whatever sort of race we are, whatever background, we all need to eat. And it's something that brings communities and families and friends together. Yeah. You've been doing some work with some well-known bloggers, haven't you? And I love the Instagram little um, reels. So should we first talk about um, Christopher Eubanks? So he's a he's like an activist. Is that right? So Christopher Eubanks works across many social justice issues, fighting oppressions and veganism is part of that. Um, he's a really interesting and engaging person uh, we love working with him and he's uh, written a blog for us which is really going to be worth a read and uh, he's done some films for us too because one of the things we were really interested in was looking at the colonialist legacy of food imposition mm-hmm. so we kind of talk about um, colonialism as if it's in the past but of course it's not it, it the, the worst aspects of it may have happened 200 years ago or longer but actually, these things don't go away. You know, the no. systems that are set up and in place um, continue to have an impact. And it really came to our attention when we talked to Dr. Kim Williams. And he talks about um, heart disease being rife in the African-American community and it being a direct legacy of soul food. So we kind of started looking at soul food and wondering why or how that, sort of, that type of food, that cuisine came about. And, and again, it's from, uh, it has a colonialist history. It was them really making do with the worst dregs that they were left with uh, in terms of, you know, the, the sort of foods that were available to them. And so they made the best of a bad situation in those days. But these things have obviously improved and changed and become part of a culture. And um, I don't want to speak on behalf of that community. Obviously, I'm not from that community, but this is my understanding of it. So that's what got us interested into it. And um, as we were working on these issues more, I wanted to find out more about these impositions. So Christopher Eubanks um, gave us his perspective. We're working with uh, Dr. Yamini Narayanan, who is Indian by birth, lives in Australia now, teaches, who's a lecturer. And she has a really interesting perspective on milk and uh, in India, which is uh, obviously very deeply entrenched in culture and religion. Um, but it's also a very social thing as well and connected to colonialism and the uh, and the the Brits, the English uh, invading. Um, And so we also looked at uh, Paolo, who lives in, I think he lives in Spain at the moment, but he's a Mapuche uh, by birth, uh, by history, by tradition rather. So those are the indigenous people of what is now Chile. Um, And he gives his perspective too. So we're kind of talking to all of these people and we're going to be bringing those together in one film just to start looking at those connections back to that colonialist past and how it, how it affects the current, the here and now. Yeah, so it's fascinating. I mean, you know, we need to be hearing from all these voices, don't we? And, um, you know, I definitely sort of need to look into getting some of these guys on the podcast, I think. It'd be great to hear from them. Absolutely. Do you know, the more I learn, the less I know. You know, yeah. I didn't know I didn't know all of this stuff. And yeah. now I'm getting a little bit of information and understanding a little bit. You realise how blind and how deaf, how ignorant we have been as a movement for so very long. Um, and maybe it's not our fault. You know, we've started as a small movement. We've started to, to do what we can with limited resources. Um, I've been vegan 30 years and things have grown massively in that time. But back then, you, you know, having any conversation about veganism was difficult. So it, it's, it's improving. But I do think we're at that point now where our movement is ready to open up and stop being quite so tunnel vision and really start talking 
and reaching out across to different social justice movements and sharing what we share and exchanging information and understanding one another's work and then uniting because only then this week we're going to be unstoppable. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Something that struck me um, with Chris Eubanks' um, video on your Instagram page was that he talks about, he kind of compares the oppression of animals with the oppression of different um, minority groups, which is something I think people are often quite scared to do, aren't they? I know I've spoken to quite a few people in the past um, on the podcast, and it's not something anyone wants to sort of uh, make a comparison with, but he does. Yeah, I think it's different making a comparison now. I don't think it's right to perhaps compare the uh, the sufferings and oppressions of animals with people now. What we can do is look at where those oppressions have come from. And we find in almost all cases, possibly all cases, they come from a very same place. They come from this idea um, connected to colonialism that there is a hierarchy of worth that I am better than you because of the colour of my skin or because of my sex or my race or my gender or whatever. Um, And you find this all through uh, history, not just uh, across cultures, but within cultures too. So, for example, in Sweden, uh, there was a categorisation of of races, as they saw them within Sweden, where typically the tall blonde uh, people were top of the tree and the people who lived in the north who were smaller and darker skinned were, were bottom. And you see that all through uh, society, uh, through human society, and when we sort of add animals into the equation too, that we couldn't do what we do to animals if we didn't think of them as lesser, you know? Mm-hmm. And we and within animals, there is a hierarchy too. So dogs are higher than chickens, yeah. who are probably higher than rats. And so we have this idea that, well, I can do what I want to do because I'm stronger, better. But that's just bullying in, in common words, you know, that's... You know, if you're stronger than somebody and you feel that you can oppress or harm them, that's the very thing we teach children not to do. And yet our whole system of our way of thinking, our cultures are are really based on this idea. So when you see it in that broad context, um, all of these social justice movements have that same root. Women had to fight for, for rights and are still fighting for rights because they're seen as lesser. So it's everywhere it's ripe so I think that's where it comes from it's not that we compare experiences today but we understand that they are connected at a root level yeah I spoke to um, Dr Melanie Joy who has obviously written you know various books on the subject of carnism and it's sort of all about um, just how society has normalized things like you say you know you know eating a cow normal eating a dog not normal not normal in our culture well not normal in western culture no so I think it's all about breaking those things down. So you also spoke to um, the vegan queens who were great fun and they were talking about speciesism and homophobia. Can you tell us about that one? Yeah, so that's, again, a very similar thing. We're working across, say, multiple different social justice movements. Actually, one of the things we're doing, which is really exciting, I'd like to talk about, is talking to disabled vegans and their experiences but yeah we've also talked to the vegan queens who are not only hilarious but they say things in a way that I wish I could say they're so eloquent and thoughtful and thought-provoking um it's not surprising to me that uh, every time we feature them they uh, they, <laughs> they take off and yeah. they're just empowering people they're so warm and engaging and they say it in such a simple way that you start to see uh and it's what I was saying before about othering and how they have felt othered. They have felt that they were less than or told they were less than by sections of society. 
and you internalize that and you feel less than and so you kind of almost buy into your own oppression and it's a really exciting time I think at the moment where people are saying well actually I kind of had enough of that I don't think I'm less than you in fact I know I'm not less than you so how about we just equal all of this out and, and start from the same base and I think that what they're doing is incredible and they are certainly incredible advocates uh for veganism within the lgbtqi plus community um and yeah we're, we're delighted they're on our side <laughs> yeah brilliant so what can we do as individuals to ensure that veganism is more representative do you think as individuals or as organizations and uh, representatives it's probably quite different i think uh, as individuals what we can do is uh, that really annoying phrase that people say about doing the work um and i used to think it was annoying but actually that's before i did the work <laughs> and you kind of do need to do it so i was um pushed by by work to read a book um by sonora taylor and i wouldn't have read it otherwise and to my shame um i i I wouldn't have read it otherwise, but I do think everybody should read it. And it looks at uh, the connection of disability, uh, ableism and speciesism. And uh, Sonora lives as a disabled vegan. So that talked about the issues and perspectives. And it, again, really opened my mind to us not being open and inclusive. So as individuals, what I'd say is read look online look actually generation vegan is a great place to begin because we are going to be featuring an awful lot of films and blogs um, on these issues so people can start to dip their toe in a little bit get used to the language get used to speaking and thinking differently um and i think those are they're fairly simple things i don't really believe we should be trying to adopt language i kind of feel like we should go deeper you should try and understand the issues because once you understand them and you accept them and you understand kind of what's being said the language kind of comes naturally. You don't mm. you don't start with the language, you start with the belief. Um, so that's what I would suggest people do. Read books by Sonora Taylor, read, um, watch The Vegan Queens, watch, uh, read Chris Eubanks' uh, blogs and watch his videos and, and, and just start to sort of understand how these oppressions work together and then reach out. You know, don't, don't be talking to our bubble. Don't be talking just to... I think vegans as a movement, we think if we reach out to the environmentalists, <laughs> we've reached across a divide. And we have, yeah. that's important, but it's much broader than that. And we have been guilty, I think, as a movement of excluding sections of society for too long and, and not intentionally, but I think we have been doing it all the same. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, I'll look up those books and um, have a read and I'll, I'll obviously link to in our show notes for um, anyone listening. Um, what are the vegan challenges then that you've got on offer? Yeah, so we've relaunched our vegan challenges. We used to do what lots of people and lots of groups did, which is offer a month long challenge. Um, but it didn't really add very much to it if we did it and someone else did it and 10,000 other people did it. So yeah. we want to make it different. And because we are, I guess, much more about talking about these interconnected issues, we knew we wanted to do something that was a bit deeper, not just here's a great milk. McDonald's does a burger now, off you go, have a great time, connect with us <laughs> yeah. on social. You know, we really wanted to, I think if, if becoming vegan isn't easy, it's a big transition in your life and there's a lot to unpick and a lot to change and a lot of, sort of reworking of your, your thought processes and all of, lots comes into it. And I, I really believe that if you know your why, you're much more likely to stay vegan. You know, if you just give it a crack, you may or may not, but if you really understand the power of, of dietary change and what it does out in the world, what those ripples do out in the world, you're much more likely to be positive about it and committed to it. 
And so we're trying something that's a bit different in that we're really going into more detail with each of our daily emails. And we have uh, five challenges to choose from. There are four seven-day challenges, and you can pick the subject that resonates most with you. So if you really care about human social justice issues, then you sign up for the humanity challenge. If environment is your priority, then you sign up for the environmental one and then animals and health as well. So whatever is your most motivating factor, you can start there. But then, of course, we don't expect you necessarily to end there. You know, we hopefully take you through those issues. We give you all the information you need. We show you loads of great films and loads of great content and give you lots of food for thought, for want of a better phrase. And we hope then that that will start you thinking and learning and and feeling more committed to it because you really do understand the power of it. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. I hope it works. We've only just launched them, so we'll see yeah. how that works. Yeah, well, we, we all, you know, anyone who's listening who's already vegan who might not, you know, necessarily sign up for um, the challenges can definitely share it with friends and family. But it sounds like there's still things to be learned even if you are already vegan, you know, um, the, the social justice side of things is something that I think hasn't been in a, so much a part of the conversation, has it? We've obviously heard a lot, you know, in recent years about health and the animals and um, the planet side of things. So, um, yeah, that'd be a good one, definitely, to um, to sign up. I think so. Yeah, you're right. I think we're always learning, aren't we? I mean, we should be. I think this is maybe part of the problem is, you know, you feel like you've learned your stats on animal ag and you've, you understand about climate breakdown, then you think you've got it. But, you know, there's so much to learn and, and so many more ways to, to, uh, to achieve a vegan world. You know, that's what we're all aiming for. So we don't criticize other people's roots to it. We, we don't know what's going to get us there, but we feel our contribution can be this to try and be inclusive to reach out to unite uh, as much as we can always play a part in that and and get this groundswell of change so yeah that's that's what we're trying to do brilliant well it's been so great chatting to you Kate so the website is genv.com is that right genv.org.org okay so from head over there and also follow you on social media um which is generation vegan generation vegan we have various languages uh, from various parts of the world so wherever people are whatever language they speak hopefully we've got something that works and is suitable for them did you enjoy today's episode if so make sure you share it with a friend leave us a review or send us some feedback we can only keep going with the help of our lovely listeners we're back next thursday but in the meantime head to veganfoodliving.com sign up to our newsletters for all the latest podcast news Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.